0: questions so everybody under the age of 18 listen here we go I got a question who here under the age of 18 who here likes to work stand up if you're under the age of 18 and you like to work stand up all right we got one two three four we like we got four young men that like to work I appreciate the honesty I actually anticipated a larger number, but that probably is pretty accurate. How many of you like to do chores around your house? Raise your hand if you like to do chores around your house. You notice some of the ones that stood up that they like to work don't like to do chores. How many of you make your beds? Raise your hand if you make your bed. How many of you do the dishes? Raise your hand if you do the dishes. How many of you clean up dog poo in the yard? How many of you help with washing and ironing? How many of you enjoy doing everything I just said? All right. Now I want to ask the adults 18 and over one question. How many of you like to work? All right. Tonight I'm going to speak on this topic. You ready? God is a worker. God is a worker. Would you join with me in prayer? Jesus, thank you so much for every man, woman, and child here in person, tuning in on live, online live, or even watching or tuning in, listening later. God, we are so confident in your word and the principles of your word that we pray that they would Come alive to someone, whether they're live or not, whether they're here in person or not, that your word would just impact a life, a heart, and a mind. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Work. Work. W-O-R-K work. Some people will shudder when you say that word. It brings chills down their spine. For some, work is a curse. Tell me, be honest, if you have ever personally used this statement, you said. Man, if Adam and Eve only wouldn't have sinned, I wouldn't have been cursed to work for a living. Has anyone ever said that before? I'm raising my hand. Raise your hand. Come on, don't make me be alone if you've said this before. All right, there's only about seven of us. How many of you have ever heard someone say that phrase before? Okay. Well done. That's not a 100% true phrase. Adam and Eve... Were workers before the fall. Genesis 1 God blessed them. God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. God, that sounds like work to me. Like, He's like, Do this, 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 this. And guess what? The fall hadn't even taken place yet. Immediately, God, He creates man and woman, and, and all of a sudden, the very next thing we read about is He's giving them responsibility. They're not even there. We're in Genesis 1, and we're reading, God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air. Hey, you just, you just started breathing. Congratulations. You're born. Welcome to planet earth that I created for you. The first thing I'm doing, I'm going to hand you some Responsibility. And the account goes on, Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. There's no sin in the world yet. No known temptation that we're even aware of. But God has already given his people responsibility and a job. And there's a job description that comes from God Himself, who is also a worker. The Creator, He, he worked six days and then He rested one day. He didn't do that because He was just plumb wore out. Did this as an example, amazing example to us. And I have done a handful of teachings here at Refuge Church, a handful of teachings on rest. The Sabbath, self-care, spiritual disciplines, not giving until you're burnt out, taking time to be at the feet of Jesus. I have done all those series, and I believe in those things. But I've got to be honest. Many of the Christians in the 21st century are not facing burnout because they're giving so much to God. Very often, it's a life or a family schedule that's filled with all kinds of work-related events, school functions or deadlines, either for yourself or your children, extracurricular sports for either adult, child, or both, or even personal hobbies. And when it's time to work for God, that's often when people will say, I just don't want to burn myself out. I still believe there should be a time of rest in our lives. There should be days off, vacations with family, family nights, protected time where nothing touches that family time, not even ministry. Because sometimes we think like, well, I need to spend time with my family instead of do ministry. Remember, your family is your first ministry. But when we look to the example of God, we see he gives us this incredible example. Six days of work and one day of rest. If you already have three days of rest, you you probably don't need another day of rest. And you see, one of the things I've seen COVID do to the national church, not just Pentecostal churches, to the national Christian church, for what I can speak for, is it's made us just a bit comfortable. In some ways, COVID's made us uncomfortable. But in other ways, COVID has made us comfortable. We have complete control. We click on the service link when we want. We leave when we want. I. How many of you could stand right now, please don't do it, and say, man, since COVID hit, I watched every single one of your sermons in its entirety without getting up and going anywhere hitting pause eating dinner i was peeled to every word now i know that's not true cuz even when we're here that's not the case but i certainly know it wasn't the case at our houses let's just be real right let's let's we we have the service volume exactly at the decibel level we want no doubt Some of you, maybe tonight, maybe Sunday, I wonder how many times, who's up there, Noah, Caesar, and Laura, how many times somebody flipped around and gave them a look? (laughs) Usually when they look at them, they're not looking back to just saying, hey. It's like, why is that slide? What? You didn't put the right slide up. The music's too quiet. The music's too loud. The drums aren't loud enough. The drums need to be louder. Her voice is too high. Who's singing that part? At home, we're just like, I don't like that song. Turn down the volume. Now, what were you saying? I'm running out and grabbing the mail, okay? Uh, complete control. We can have the temperature of the room just how we want And Anybody got their coat over their legs tonight? I could tell you, if I closed my eyes, I could say, all right, we got Teresa here, we got, I could tell you who, because why? Different people, you like the temperature a little different. And I, can, I know if I said, who's is here is a little warm. There's going to be at least five hands that go up. Can you crank that AC down? I can count on the fact that when we go to men's conference in fall, everyone's going to have their air conditioning on, but not Kevin. He's going to have his heat on. I don't like traveling without my family. There's one thing I like. My room is going to be freezing cold. But see, we get the temperature the way we want it. Uh, I get get fed from music and message, but I don't really want to work. Man, it's been nice. isn't that home, I click on it. I move when I want. I got the temperature the way I want it, the volume the way I want. And it's just there when I want it. And as a matter of fact, if I don't get a chance to watch it at 7, I'll just watch it at 9 right before bed. It's beautiful. I love it. And all of a sudden, it's time to come back to church. And let's get back into ministry. And we're like, oh. Work? But God's long-term plan was not for his people to enjoy church and not have a role in the work of the church. I'm not saying his plan is not to enjoy church. We should enjoy church. But it was never to just enjoy church and not work in the role of the church. Just like his original plan for humanity was to absolutely enjoy the garden, I gave you this. It's all yours except for that one tree. Don't eat from that tree. Everything else is yours. Wow, this is amazing. I love this. Look at the screens and the wood and the lights and the comfortable padded pews and the sounds. And this is great. This is beautiful. It's all there for you. Woo! But let me tell you, you have a responsibility in this. I want you to dress it and keep it. I want you to work. I'm giving you responsibility. I created this. I gave you this beautiful surrounding, but I'm giving you responsibility for it. That's what the church is. We should enjoy the church, but He's given us that responsibility. He's called us to work, and this is not a curse, it is a blessing. The devil came along and started trying to get them to question God's word, planted a thought in their mind about God, God being afraid that, well, if you eat the fruit, then you would be like God. And I wonder if that also had anything to do with work and responsibility. Somebody telling you what to do, man. If I eat that fruit, man, I wonder if I wonder if I still need to dress and tend and keep this garden. Because it's because it's work. I wonder. Because when someone is giving heed to the devil's voice in their lives, and not necessarily God's voice in their lives, that is when they start wondering if their work and responsibility around the church is even worth it. And so they often step away from ministries because they start to wonder whether God's call to that responsibility is even worth it. And they start to question what their value is. Well, Adam and Eve were valuable to God before he ever called them to work. Our value is not based on what we can accomplish. But God did call us to the privilege of caring for and looking after the beautiful things he created. And one of the most beautiful things he created is the church. After all, he died for the church. He shed his own blood for the church. So for me to be called to work for the church or in the church or alongside the church and to have responsibility within the church, that is a massive privilege, not a curse. If you consider yourself a member of Refuge Church and you're not currently serving in some form of ministry where you have a responsibility, you're on a schedule that you're there, that people depend on you and you're working for the Lord, come and see me right away. I promise you, all the positions are not filled. Now, am I saying this because, man, we're just in a desperate need in this ministry and that ministry? No. But because I believe in this blessing. See this? This is there. I'm putting you in it but I'm giving you responsibility for it too. And so God, he's coming back soon. If you didn't know that he is, I promise you. Now's not the time to get lazy and tired. That's why scripture says in Isaiah 40, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's a picture of someone working for God, someone running and walking and waiting on God. There's nothing the enemy would rather do in these last days than to get you to question your value, question your place in the garden, so to speak, the church, to get wore out, to despise work or responsibilities, and to just flat out quit. We were all made to work. We will never, ever escape this perpetual residence of work in our human existence. How is that good for, for good news for you tonight? People who don't who, people who don't work are unhappy, unfulfilled individuals. Look at the Apostle Paul, what he says in the New Testament. This is his words, not mine. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you that if Any would not work, neither should he eat. I didn't say that, Paul did. So here's the thing. There are circumstances, somebody hits a tough time, they're laid up in a hospital, something happens to them physically, absolutely, yes, no, we need to step in. We have a benevolent fund here at the church to help in situations like that. But when someone perfectly healthy comes to me and says, hey, I need need some money, biblically, I believe I have a mandate that says, yeah, hey, let me help. Meet me at my house this weekend. We'll do some stuff, and I will pay you for your services. I'm in the Bible, right? In verse 11, he says, For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. How many of you know what a busybody is? Now, this is interesting. You know, I've never noticed, I know the scripture, you don't don't work, you don't eat. I get that. I have never noticed that immediately after that scripture is this scripture. It's almost like Paul is making the association that, hmm, when you sit around and you're not working, it gives you a lot of time to meddle in other people's business when Really, you should be working in the first place. I wonder how many churches have issues because there's just not enough people dressing and tending and keeping the garden that they've been placed in. Well, so-and-so said this, and they did this, and where were they? And you know, I never see them worship. Hey, you're in the garden to tend it. Just take care of some things. Yeah. Just just get to work. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many churches have issues, And you know why I think we don't have a lot of issues because about 75, eighty percent of our regularly attending members over the age of 16 serve in at least one form of regular reoccurring ministry. Kudos to you. Give yourselves a round of applause. And so if you're here and you say, well, I don't serve in any ministry. That is not because we don't want you. Let me make that clear. There are people who clean the building, greet at the front door, teach Sunday school, work on Wednesday nights, do technology, live stream sound. They sing and play instruments. They work in the welcome grounds. They, they are in guest relations. They take offering. They, there are so many different things. They work in pantry on the first and third Friday nights of the month. There are so many different areas to which you can serve. You can be on a security team and learn that. There are so many things. God did not say enjoy the garden. He said enjoy the garden, and but remember I've given you responsibility for this. At Refuge Church, we would rather work with someone than talk about them, because God is a worker, and busybody is something He hates. Why? Because the minute I start to put metal in people's business, start to say something that I'm not a part of the solution or the problem, I am now destroying the fabric of the culture of the garden. And so we would rather work with someone than talk about them. You know, even retirees work at something. I have talked to people who have retired and they either still volunteer, they work part-time or volunteer, they get a new hobby, they watch grandkids. Do I have any grandparents? Say amen. There's not enough, man, they're not babysitting enough. Did you hear that? There was like not enough amens there. They remodel their house because if they do nothing, they become miserable. Many retirees tell me they're busier after retirement than they were before retirement. Ask Brother Jim to see his list for tomorrow. Some of that's his own stuff, and some of it's Teresa put on the list. We complain about work, but we would be miserable without it. Work is an innate human need. You know, ladies, you ever have to get on your husband about working too much, or you're staying at the office, or you're working, working? Anybody ever have to do that before? There's there's literally two women in the whole place. All right. Well, it's just me and Tim, I guess. Oh. So. <laughs> Moving on to the next point, um, (laughs) you read about men working in the garden. You know man was working before a woman even came along? I am not saying, so I'm not authorizing. Don't go home and say, see, honey, pastor said I could spend 75 hours at the office this week. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that there is something innate in human beings, and I would even argue definitely as a man, I can speak as a man, I can speak for this, that it's something God put in us. And so we try to fix and do and accomplish, and, and I'm sure women are like that too, but I can only speak for my gender at that moment. But work provides sustenance for life's needs, and it helps us pay our bills, but it's even more than that. The practice of work satisfies a deep human need for significance and fulfillment that really nothing else can provide. And I would argue that this is part of God's image and likeness. It comes from God as a part of psychological and spiritual makeup. This is why you see people do this even when they're retired, that that through work we contribute to our world and make it a better place, just as Adam and Eve did. Think about those who are around you right now. Just ask them. Think of all the different skill sets that are in this place. I'm going to have fun. Just go like this if you're uncomfortable. Like if you work in the CIA and you're on a high secret, top secret mission, and you have to kill me if you tell me what you do for a living, just go like this. Mark, what do you do for a living? General Motors team leader. Ryan Year, what do you do for a living? Uh, a full-time, minister. full-time minister. Lynn Dormack, what do you do for a living? Okay, what do you do for a living? Accounting, okay. Hannah, what do you do? What do you do at Liberty Hospital? Okay, Rachel Robinson, what do you do? Okay, Andrew Cannon, what do you do? Okay. Sister Phoebe, what do you do? What? Okay. Laura, allora, what do you do? I hate these masks. What did you say? Okay, job coach at school district. Andrew, what do you do? Build ducks and fences. Jacob, what do you do? Tiffany, what do you do? <laughs> Look, what do you do? Host at Longhorn Steakhouse. House. It's amazing, huh? We just heard about people who work for the state, at schools, who teach, who work in manufacturing, who work in construction, who use their mouths to, p- to make money. Hallelujah. I said, I always make the joke, I was going to be a dentist. And I thought, you know what, instead of looking in someone's mouth, I should use my own. Maybe that would be better. You hear this, and it's there's agriculture and all these different things. I mean, like, this is beautiful. It's what makes up the body of Christ. And now, watch this. Blanca, what, what's, tell me one ministry you serve in here at the church. A ministry? Nursery? Nursery? Okay. Lisa, what's ministry you serve in here at the church? Cleaning? Okay. Deanie, what's a ministry you serve in here at the church? Teaching? All right. David, what's ministry you serve in? <laughs> if you never saw David. What's one of the ministries that you guys serve in? Rock Church. Praise team, what's a ministry you serve in? Why don't you both? Fixing Fixing stuff. (laughs) Music? Brittany, what's a ministry you serve in? Brother Foster, what's a ministry you serve in? Teach Bible studies. Again, people are working. And we come together, and you hear about these we hear music and nursery and bible studies and fixing things and praise team and teaching Sunday school and, and then you come together imagine if i just said sister senia it's your job to dress and keep the whole church we're coming in sunday i hope everything's ready would that be a little overwhelming Got to prepare the music, the message, clean everything up, get the sound and projection on. Try and say hi to everybody when they walk in. Sanitize everything. Keep us all safe. God has said, it's a beautiful thing I've given you. But I'm I'm also empowering you to be responsible. I'm also putting the keys of Dressing and keeping and preparing. And no doubt that they had to clean some things up and fix some things and trim some things. But he, what he did is he put a man and a woman together to do this. Which, has anyone figured out in your marriage that men and women act different, think different, and we're just a little bit different than one another? I know some of you are really afraid to raise your hand right now. Like, is this, honey, is this okay? Can I, is this, is this, is this all right if I raise my hand? Is this, some of you are a little eager. We're different. You're like, and the spouse is like, and they're like, it's okay. We're different. We're different. I did premarriage counseling once and I got a lady very mad just because I said, and it's not a hidden secret. Obviously, men and women are different. And she literally got angry at me because I made that statement. I said, Lord, Marriage counseling in the 21st century. I can't even say a man and a woman are different. Oh, my goodness. We're different. We think different. And so are the people here. Different lines of work. Imagine right now if tomorrow I said, you know, let's just switch roles. I am going to teach Tiffany's class tomorrow. Hello, everyone. My name is Gary Dornbach. Where'd you guys pick up on the last chapter? Okay, let's talk about nursing. If I was you, I wouldn't go to the hospital anytime soon. (laughs) Or better yet, how about my mom, Lynn Dornbach, goes into GM and says, I'm here to cover for Mark. Where do I start building cars? That'd be fun, huh? Be? And then Mark says, "Well, since I'm off, I'm going to a lawyer and I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a coach at the school, and I'm going to, what, what was that, What was the title you used again? Job coach. I'm going to be a job coach. Well, what job should I take? Mark's like, I don't know. Just, I thought I was just coaching you. <laughs> GM would be the way I go." And then Daileen shows up for Andrew and says, where's the foundation? Well, that's at the bottom, right? <laughs> and let's all try and run the railroad tomorrow. See how, that, see how that goes. I mean, you see, the God, he puts us in this beautiful situation, and he gives you a talent and an ability. But then you bring that to the church, and it's the same concept. That Sunday, we're going to walk in here, and there's going to be a massive team of people that do everything they do with excellence. And prayerfully, someone's going to walk in off the street and have an amazing experience from the moment they pull up to the moment they leave because of every person who has been dressing and tending and keeping the garden. And I'm just about done. Over a lifetime, the average person will spend more than a hundred thousand hours in the workplace. I just depressed some of you. Yeah. <laughs> I won't spend a hundred thousand hours in the workplace because my messages are pretty short, typically. <laughs> That's called opening the door and inviting you in. Go ahead, you can. Sometimes people get a vision of eternity and they close their eyes and they see us all. We're floating on clouds with halos, with a harp. And all I'm doing from here on out in eternity is just sleeping in and somebody's serving me grapes. That's all I'm doing. But faithful servants of God on this world appear to be destined to be rulers in the next world. Have you ever noticed that? In a parable about the talents that a ruler gives to a servant, look what Jesus says. Matthew 25, his Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Ruler, wait, what? There's work? There's responsibility? There's responsibility? And Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.12, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. Reign with him, that sounds like it's work. That sounds awesome, I'm reigning with God. But it sounds authoritative, but it sounds like work. I've learned that every new position is not about the title, it just means more work. Comes with a line of responsibility. First Corinthians 6 3, know ye not that we shall judge the angels. I've always heard people say, if you don't like worship, you're not gonna like heaven. I think we want to add a second line. If you don't like work and responsibility, it sounds like you might not like heaven. And so tonight as I close, I am so thankful that I am able to work. Especially now. You just look around. Thank God, Brother Scott Armstrong, friend of mine, pastoring in St. Louis area. They found him. Bike on top of his body. Brain bleed. Couldn't remember what happened. His face is all busted, missing teeth. Thank the Lord the brain bleed stopped and he came home today. Thank you, Jesus. But he was just out for a bike ride. Brother Cedric Austin, church planner here, Kansas City area, Parkville. In the hospital, lost 20 pounds. He's, he's having a hard time breathing. He's got COVID. I mean, like, you're just going along, and all of a sudden, boom. Get a diagnosis. You fall off a bike. You're fighting for your life. Like, instantaneously, life can change. I'm not going to live in fear. Because my, hand, my life is in God's hands. If my life changes tomorrow, I'm not going to say that I'll always preach faith. And, man, I might be struggling. I, I, I No doubt. I'm human. But I refuse to live in fear. But you look at this and go, life just can change instantly. I mean, just one second, one moment. Take no thought for the morrow. I mean, just we, we, life isn't promised to us. We just don't know what's going to happen. It just changes so fast. I'm just so thankful that God has given me the physical capacity, the mental capacity to be able to work. To work in a career, to work in a ministry. Thank God for your job. Thank God for your ministry. Hopefully this just gives you a new perspective. A fresh perspective. And you can think, I've been placed in this beautiful garden, it's so incredible. But every once in a while, the leaves got to be cleaned up and the branches need to be trimmed and the pavers need to be fixed and the flowers need to be planted and I need to water some stuff and I need to plant some stuff and I need to water some stuff so that we can see an increase. It's almost like God had this whole thing all working together, but He didn't call. He said, "Adam and Eve, I'm going to give you and help me." And now you're going, man, maybe that wasn't just for a physical relationship or procreation or just just communication or friendship. Maybe it was all that, but also someone to come along that team and help him do. What he was called to do in his responsibilities. I want you to know I don't pastor this church alone. My wife is a massively key component of everything that I do with any level of success. We're teammates. And in another way, we are all teammates to dress and keep this garden. And when you do what you do, remember Colossians three twenty three: work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. When you work in the church, sometimes you say, I'm working for this church. I'm working for the department head. I'm working for the pastor. You are not. You are not working for me. You are not working, not even for the church. You're not working for your department head. Scripture says everything that you do, I'm doing it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord. God, I'm here in this beautiful place, but I'm doing it because you put me here and you said dress it and keep it and protect it nurture it because I'm called to plant and water and watch the increase. God, help me. Thank you for calling me into work. Thank you for giving me responsibility. I invite you to just right where you are, just begin to find a place to pray. God, thank you, Jesus, for every man, woman, and child that does anything, Lord God, in this world that brings their talents to the community. God, they make construction companies better. They make banks better. Father, they make schools better. They make universities better, Jesus. God, they make logistics better and transportation better. God, they make hospitals and medical facilities better. And we're blessed, Jesus, in this church to have a wealth of all of these different things and different all these different talents got it, but then but then we bring it into the garden and in Jesus and we and we bring these things in and even though we don't receive a physical paycheck for that, we have people who say, I'm coming to a practice. I'm going to go decorate a Sunday school room. I'm going to clean a church building. I'm going to rewire a sound or buy a computer and hook it up and and I'm going to do these things and I'm going to play an instrument because I want to be better because I want to bring something to the kingdom. I want to bring it into the garden to help dress and keep it, God. and I want to play a role, Jesus, that when someone pulls up into a parking lot and they say, I'm lost and I'm broken and I'm hopeless that when they walk up to a door, I can be the person who opens the door with a smile on my face and says, welcome, what's your name? It's so wonderful to meet you and see you. And God, that I become part of an experience that will change their life forever when they bring their child down and check that child in and I greet them by a a computer with a smile on my face. And Lord, and I watch their child and I invest in a nursery-aged child or, or I teach a youth age child and I begin to love them and invest something in them and pray with them and, and listen to them and all of a sudden entire family their life is changed because I was willing to work because I was willing to take on responsibility and say you know what I know I'm busy I got my own stuff and I'm and I'm overwhelmed but I can't get so busy and so overwhelmed that I just refuse to work for the kingdom God I'm thankful Lord for every man woman and child that does anything for your kingdom, not just here at Refuge Church, but Pentecostal churches that are preaching about life changing truth and hope. Lord God, there are people all over this world right now who are volunteering time and investing money and putting things in, Lord God, that are changing the local garden. God, and they're making a difference. Jesus, bless their lives tonight. Oh, church. Oh, if you're here and you're not serving in some way, it's time to just jump in, to find something to work in, to take responsibility in something. Why? Because it's God's plan. It's what he desires. Thank you, God, for the people who aren't just working in the four walls. Thank you for the people who are outside the four walls, who are reaching into the community teaching Bible studies, serving in pantries, doing things that are not just inside a service time, God. Lord, raise up people who are passionate and say, Lord, I got to get outside these four walls. I got to figure out a way to, to connect with somebody, to reach someone. God, everybody works a different job. They have a different talent. God, let us bring that into the house of the Lord. Let us bring that into the garden. We've been called together to dress and keep it. Oh, Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. God, let there be some people right now that feel refreshed, that feel energized, that were wondering tonight, is is what I'm doing, is it even worth anything? Maybe it's time for me to quit. I'm wondering if... I'm even making a difference Somebody else could do this Lord I pray reach right now to that person Let them know that there is value In what they're doing Let them know Lord God That whatever that ministry is Even if I didn't call it out over the pulpit Lord God that that someone right now Would feel valued That they would know Lord Jesus That they were never doing it for me For their department head for, For the church That they were doing it wholeheartedly As unto you God let them feel that that desire to get back working, to feel the responsibility, and it would not be a weight, but it would be a privilege, Jesus. Oh, in your name, God. In your name, God. In your name, Jesus. Lord, you're a worker. Help us to do the same, to work the same way. Father, in your name. In your name. I'll just continue to pray. I just just believe that God's encouraging some people who are working. I believe he's calling to some people who maybe aren't doing anything yet. It's an invitation to join the workforce of the garden. Jesus' name.